the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight, we bring you part two in our brand new series on the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, this essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been maligned, attacked, denied, and eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. Question, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly in our churches? And what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, as Brother Gary said, uh, this brings us to part two on this uh, tremendous series on the Trinity, the Trinity. There are so many Christians today that are biblically illiterate when it comes to the heart of who God is. You need to know the God in whom you serve. You go to church. When you go to church, you sing songs. You praise the Lord. But do you really know who he is? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Uh, you know, it's one thing to praise him, but it's another thing to know him. Know him as your personal Lord and Savior and know his, have a working knowledge of his nature, essence, and being. That is so critical. Now, uh, the Trinity and the doctrine of the Trinity is one of the foundational, essential doctrines of the gospel. The Trinity is so important and foundational truth, which the martyrs had uh, shed their blood and died uh, for the truth of the gospel. And we need to take it serious as well. So we are going to get into this uh, part two. And I want to... Uh, keep this series off by talking about the Trinity, uh, you know, in relationship to 
how we got the word and how it came about. But, you know, last time on this teaching, I talked about seeing the Trinity in eternity. And what a wonderful, awesome teaching that was. You know, seeing the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in eternity and eternity in heaven. And uh, they had equal love. They had equal communication, equal fellowship, equal glory, and equality in nature, essence, and being. That's why Jesus had said in John 17, glorify thou me with the glory that I had with thee before the foundation of the world. And what he laid aside in his incarnation he took up in his resurrection. That's why he said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go and make disciples. Now, God's name in eternity was the I am from Exodus 3 and 14. And uh, when he was, when Moses asked him, what is your name? He told him, uh, I am that I am. And Jesus reached back in eternity and said in John 8 and 58, before Abraham was, egoi me, I am. And in the Johannian gospel, the gospel of John, over about 23 times, he uses the word I am throughout the gospel of John. Now, uh, tonight, in this part two, we're going to be learning about the Trinity and how we got the name Trinity. You need to know how the word came about. Let me start off by saying there were two godly men that we can study and learn about the influence around the word Trinity. The first recorded use of this Greek word in Christian theology was Theopolis of Antioch in about 170 AD. Theopolis was the bishop of Antioch during the second century. He became a convert to Christianity, and he was a prolific writer who was often quoted by later writers. Little is known of the personal life of Theopolis. Theopolis never used the word. Now, this is important for you to note. Theopolis never used the word Trinity, but alluded to it in his writings. The first to use the word Trinity was Tertullian, T-E-R-T-U-L-L-I-A-N, Tertullian, a Latin theologian who wrote in the early third century and was the first to use the word Trinity, person and substance, to explain that the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit are one in essence, not one in person, but in essence. So the word Trinitas, T-R-I-N-I-T-U-S, the word Trinitas, and this is in my book on the biblical proposition supporting the Trinity. The word Trinitas, the Latin word that translates to Trinity, was coined by Tertullian in the second century AD, and not Theopolis, even though God used Theopolis to lay down the foundation for Tertullian to build on. God always uses people this way. Now, one more important point about Tertullian that you don't hear much about 
in our churches, Bible colleges, seminaries, that many early scholars say that Tertullian was the first black African apologist. That's an interesting thing to know. First black African apologist and defender of the Christian faith because he was from Carthage in the Roman province of Africa. And about a century later in 325 AD, you remember I was talking to you and teaching you about the Arian heresy. And about a century later in 325 AD, the first council of Nicosia established the doctrine of the Trinity as orthodoxy and adopted the Nicene Creed that declared Christ as God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being one substance. Uh, so this is something very important. Now, let me uh, give you a definition of the Trinity. Now, there's no way you can really define God because he's undefinable. Uh, you, when God is infinite and we are finite, you know, and but this definition I put in my book on the biblical proposition supporting the Trinity, and it is a good definition, I believe, to help educate us. Because a lot of times when you ask people, uh, give me a definition of the Trinity, they'll say, well, God was creator, God was, uh, he's loving, and God died. No, that, that's not a definition, my friend. This is the definition. Within the nature of the one true God, there are three eternal distinct persons who are called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existence. Let me say it one more time. Within the nature of the one true God, there are three eternal distinct persons who are called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existence. That is a basic, a user-friendly definition of the Trinity. And you don't have to be a theologian or you don't have to be a great logician uh, to figure that out. Question. Uh, let me say this in conclusion. How do how do we answer critics of the Bible and Jehovah's Witnesses who say the word Trinity is not true because it is not mentioned in the in the Word of God? The word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible. Well, the way you answer that is this: don't don't get thrown off by that. The word Trinity is not found in the Bible, but the evidence is found there. The concept. Now there are some words that is not found in the Bible, but the concept and evidence is there. For instance, incarnation is not found in the Bible. Rapture is not found in the Bible. Theocratic kingdom that Jehovah's Witnesses use is not found in the Bible. Not even the word Bible <laughs> is mentioned in the Bible, but the evidence and the concept can be found in the Bible. Now we cannot comprehend the concept, but we can apprehend it. We can answer the questions by asking a series of if propositions. If propositions is the phrase coined by my mentor, uh, the late Dr. Walter Martin. And next time in part three, I would like to expand on these phrases. Uh, so we're going to close in prayer. I want you to pray with me. Dear Lord, forgive me for being ignorant of your word. Forgive me for being ignorant of who you are, what you are, and what you did. Help me, Lord, to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so I can share you with intelligence. 
And Lord, for those who don't know you, right now, Lord, we ask that you would forgive them and may they open up their hearts right now and say, I repent of my sins and accept you as my Lord and Savior. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding this essential doctrine of the historic Christian faith, the Trinity. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, uh, we just can't thank you enough for so many of you who have given over the past years and have sacrificially provided for this ministry, and we thank you. And we just want to encourage you to continue to give and continue to pray. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. Right now, we're caught up. Thank God. We're just um, really blessed that that's it, it, a reality. But we want to keep that reality, and, and that means we need folks to step up to the plate and be consistent in prayer and be consistent in giving. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, you can write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553. Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply get on your tablet, your smartphone, or your computer. Go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. And speaking of being a blessing, Dr. Buckner is gonna be a blessing tomorrow. He's gonna be speaking at the Cornerstone Missionary Baptist Church um, where pastor uh, of that church is Lester Cannon. The church is located at 335 38th Avenue in Oakland, California. And Dr. Buckner will be teaching beginning at 10 o'clock. His message is going to be on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And so you, you know, in light of the election, (laughs) this is a perfect message, Dr. Buckner. Amen. (laughs) Because people are going to need to really trust in you and not in politics. Um, So once again, Dr. Buckner is going to be speaking tomorrow, November 8th, 10 o'clock a.m., at the Cornerstone Missionary Baptist Church located at 3535 38th Avenue in Oakland, California. So you won't, if you're available, you can get out there and uh, you know do your social distancing, wear your mask, and go see Dr. Buckner. All right. Are, are you ready for the final college, Dr. Buckner? Uh, yes, Brother Gary. And I want to say this. Uh, I thank God for you. Even though you're not able to be there, <clears throat> you uh, played a great part on this message uh, was from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and the uh, Lord used Gary to uh, put the PowerPoint together. He specialized in graphic artwork, and uh, whoever comes out, you're going to be tremendously blessed by the PowerPoint, and I echo what you said about uh, we're in uh, 
trying times now. People don't know what to do around all of this stuff that's going on in the news and around politics. Well, God has an answer. And that answer is exactly what Brother Gary said. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Uh, what a good word we're going to have for you tomorrow if you come out and get blessed and get, give me an opportunity to meet some of you as well. Well, I'm ready for some of those questions, Brother Gary. All right, let's go to Brother Rick. He's been waiting patiently on line one. How you doing, Brother Rick? Can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. How you doing? I am blessed. How did the message speak? got a very interesting question relating to to the Trinity. Before you get into your question, how did the message speak to you tonight? Uh, I I learned a new thing uh, about uh, the origin of the word Trinity. Even though though I knew that Tertullian coined the word Trinity, the the man before him, uh, Theophilus, I believe his name is, Yes, uh-huh. In other words, he, he, he conceptualized the, the Trinity in his writings. That's right. And that led to the coining of the word Trinity. Yes. Very few people know about that, and that's why I wanted to bring that history into it. And Winston Churchill said, he that doesn't know the past is destined to repeat it ignorantly. So we want to make sure we educate people on the history. And Theopolis was the one that God used to uh, lay a foundation. And uh, Tertullian came and and water it. And uh, God gave the increase on the Trinity. So appreciate you sharing that. And what's on your heart tonight? Uh, Here's an interesting question. You know, we talk about ignorance that we have. Mm -hmm. Uh, What 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 about the judgment of going to hell based on the uh, based on our ignorance of the Trinity? That's a very I'd good question. I'd like to question. ask you to elaborate on that. Very good question. Um, let me just say this: uh, a person goes to hell, brother Rick, based upon the light that God has given them. Because you got people all over the world that have never been exposed to the Trinity, but. Uh, God gives three different types of lights uh, of his truth. And we see from Romans chapter 1, he gives the light of creation. Uh, That's the first C in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 2. The light of the conscience, uh, you know, bearing witness, accusing, excusing. And then Romans chapter 3, he gives the third C, the light of Christ. So some people get the light uh, where they never hear the Trinity uh, in uh, places that they've never heard it, but God still gives them a light. Now, this is the paradox. This is the uh, crudegas, the shot in the skull, that when God takes the lesser light and brings it to the greater light, the greater light is the Trinity. So when somebody shares, let me kind of give an example set up a scenario for you. If suppose I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden I see some Jehovah's Witnesses with their Wake magazine and talking about Jehovah and the end of the world and all of a sudden I tell them, you know what? Uh, God is, uh, Jesus Christ came in uh, physical form and uh, 
God revealed himself as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you need to believe that. Uh, and if they say to me, I reject that. I reject that light. I don't want nothing to do with Jesus being God because he's Michael the Archangel. That's what Jehovah's Witness is saying. And then they say the Trinity was pagan. It originated with the devil. That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses say. Well, you know, that's a straight ticket to hell because Jesus said, if you don't honor me, you don't honor the Father. If you honor the Father, you honor me. You to reject the Trinity is to reject God, especially when the light, the lesser light brings it to a greater light. So uh, that's something very important for us to understand here now. Uh, there are a lot of people who will die uh, just accepting Jesus Christ in a hospital. And nobody ever taught them about the Trinity. Well, because they have a personal relationship with Jesus, they're going to go to heaven. But say somebody, you know, that, you know, like I said, they've been exposed to this truth and they're just stubborn and I'm not going to accept it. Well, uh, that's a straight ticket to hell rejecting who God is. You know, yeah. So the there's different ways that we get saved. And the biggest way is accepting Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. But as you grow, you accept him as Trinity. You may not accept him right, right away because you've just been unaware, never been taught. But as you grow, you need to grow in accepting that as a reality, as a truth. If you reject it, you know, you can lose yourself all eternity. So anyway, hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. All right. Thank you very much. You got it. You have any prayer requests before we let you go? Continue to keep my mother in prayer. We're still looking for a place uh, that will uh, do the therapy for her. That's the last I know right now. She, I was able to talk to her the last time I uh, spoke to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just keep her go, keep her going. Just keep give her the will to keep on keeping on. Amen. And another prayer request for you is uh, there's a lot of warfare around your phone, so uh, help me around pray. that. Yeah, I need to pray for you around your phone as well. Well, we're gonna have Brother Gary. He's a prayer warrior. We're gonna have Brother Gary to. Lead us in prayer around these prayer requests, and thank you so much for your good question, as always, Brother Gary. All right. Well, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray right now that you would meet every need that's represented in his life, especially his physical needs, Lord God. We pray that you continue to give, keep him in, in high spirits, Lord God. Continue to be his joy and, and his peace, Lord God. We lift up his mother, Lord God, that she would come into a saving knowledge of you, Lord God and that you would keep her going strong, Lord God, yes. and protect her. And, and, and we just pray that she would be able to get the help and the therapy and things that she needs as well. And Lord God, we just pray that you would just continue to help Rick around being able to communicate effectively uh, with his phone situation. And we just pray, Lord God, that you continue to, to use him, Lord God, in a mighty way. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you, Brother Rick, and thank you, Brother Gary, for that prayer. And uh, I guess, Brother Gary, I'm going to turn it over to you. Look like we might be at a commercial right before a commercial break. Well, let's see. We have actually about seven minutes. So, no. Oh, seven minutes. All right, yeah. good. Well, yeah. we can 
go to Brother Cece. Cece, are you there? Yes, I am. I am here. How are you doing, my brother? I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? Well, we are truly blessed and highly favored of the good Lord. And uh, we have some time before we get to your question. Uh, how did the message speak to you tonight? What did you get out of it, and how did it minister to you? It ministered to me in many ways, but I just never. How it really ministered to me is how you went. You went to the background route. I never. I never heard um, Trinity talk that way. I actually haven't really heard the Trinity talk really hardly myself. Anyway, I had to do my own study, but you did a really good job, and I was really inspired by that. And when you talked about Theophilus and Tertullian, and I was trying to, I was, I didn't have a pen, so I was trying to run and get a pen to get the information down. It was something I meant that I missed. If you could just jot it to me right quick, I really appreciate it. You know, I usually keep up with these things, but I, I was scrambling trying to find a pen. You said something about Theophilus, um, was it in the first century? And you said something about Tertullius was the first black, and that's all I got. And that's, not, that's all I got when I got my pen. I was trying to get the rest down that you had said about Tertullian. If you just give me a little bit, I could go off of I know you can't go through the whole thing, but I couldn't find my pen. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the things we always tell people to always have a not only one pen, but have several pens because, you know, you always uh, come across the devil, I, I mean, I have a lot of warfare around pens when I'm using them, so I, I, I have a jump on the devil because I always have extra paper and uh, several pens in case one of them, uh, we have a problem with it. But, um, you know, so the, the first, I just said the first recording uh, use of the Greek word for in Christian theology was Theopolis, who uh, was of Antioch in about 170 A.D., and Theopolis, uh, he was uh, a bishop of uh, Antioch uh, during the second century, and he became a convert to Christianity, and he was a prolific writer. Uh, that's what I had said. And then uh, little was known about him, but he never uh, used the word uh, Trinity, but alluded to it in his writings. And this uh, laid the foundation for Tertullian, and uh, he was a Latin theologian who wrote in the early third century and was the first uh, to use the word Trinity. Uh, and, uh, and he used the word, he would use the word Trinitus, T-R-I-N-I-T-U-S. And uh, so that's important for us to, to know. And uh, last thing I said about him, and then more importantly, that uh, Tertullian uh, a lot of people in churches don't know this, and Bible colleges and seminaries don't teach on it hardly. They ever, hardly ever hear about it. Many early scholars say that Tertullian was the first black uh, African apologist and defender of the Christian faith because he was from Carthage in the Roman province of Africa. And so uh, he was uh, greatly used and uh, it set the foundation for uh, 325 A.D. with the First Council of Nicosia, which established the doctrine of the Trinity, and then they came up with the Nicene Creed, and the Lord used uh, Tertullian to set that foundation so that when the Arian heresy came about, uh, you know, uh, they were able to get him out of the church, and 
And I said last time that St. Nicholas got so upset he went and and popped him upside the head. And uh, we know him today as being Santa Claus. And uh, the church, some of the people were so shocked when he did that, that the church uh, uh, got in contact with, uh, you know, Constantine, who was the emperor, and said, you need to uh, punish uh, St. Nicholas. So he didn't do it because I think he appreciated it too. <laughs> and then uh, they finally uh, gave him a, a, a little time away from the church, and then they brought him back in. But the people back then, they didn't play around. When you denied the Trinity, uh, the, some of them would, would uh, give you those knowledge knots. So, but anyway, that's a little bit about that. So anyway, hopefully that helped you out. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I'm going to take your advice from now on and have more than one pen because that's happened to me before where you've been talking, and all of a sudden, at that point, my pen wants to go out. It was right all the other times, but then it, then it goes out, so now I'm going to keep more than one pen. I'm going to take your advice. Amen. This but is it, an authoritative word coming from Dr. Buckner in the Lord. Uh, don't trust the devil with one pen. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust the devil with one pen. You got to trust the Lord with several of them. And that not only for us who are learning from the Bible in church, but in school and everything else. Uh, well, uh, we know you have a good question, as always. And I know, Gary, we need to go to a commercial break probably by now. And, well, we got about a minute. Uh, oh, we got about a minute? Yeah, why don't you introduce your question, and then uh, we will go from there. Uh, were you finished with your feedback, or did you need to say a few more things before we get to your question? Yeah, I just I just really appreciate um, the time that you you've took you know and and uh, spending time in prayer of course and being obedient to the Lord the life you've lived and just taking that time out to to do a lot of research and a lot of studying throughout mm -hmm. your ministry that paid off because I never heard I never heard it laid out like that that kind of information I really appreciate it and I was blessed by it and it's going it's going to continue to make me want to dig deeper and continue to take what you've given me and, and continue to learn and build off of this. And I'm very excited about this series, and you've done an excellent job. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so Well, much. on that note, we better take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the coast, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, once again, we'd just like to thank all of you who have been consistent with your prayers for this ministry. It is a prayer-driven ministry, and without your prayers, we would not be able to do what we do. We thank you so much for taking the time and effort for praying for us these many years and also, we want to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially over the many years to help us keep this ministry on the air. It costs us 400 a week, and uh, we know that without your consistent prayers and your consistent giving, we wouldn't be able to do what we need to do. So there's two ways that you can donate. First way is just write a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. 
Second way is so much easier. Just go onto your smartphone, your tablet, go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and uh, click the donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. And speaking of blessing, we want to encourage you to come out tomorrow, and um, Dr. Buckner is going to be speaking at the Cornerstone Missionary Baptist Church. It's located at 35, 35, 38th Avenue in Oakland, California. Begins at 10 o'clock, and he's going to be speaking from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And as we mentioned earlier, that's the perfect uh, verse to preach right now in these crazy times, particularly after this election. People really need to trust in the Lord. And uh, so I want to encourage you, come out. That's tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock a.m. Pastor of that church is Lester Cannon, and you get to meet him as well as Dr. Buckner at the Cornerstone Missionary Baptist Church, 3535 38th Avenue, Oakland, California. So you won't want to miss that. All right, let's get back to uh, Cece. Yes, Cece, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, before we get to your question, I wanted to say something about uh, Pastor Lester Cannon. Uh, uh, he is, was my Sunday school teacher in Bakersfield when I was like, uh, 13, 12, 13. And he's been a pastor in Oakland for quite a while. Uh, keep him in your prayers. He's been kind of going through some physical ailments, uh, but hopefully he will be there. He may not, uh, but, uh, keep, uh, Lester Cannon in your prayers. Uh, but I wanted to just make that note uh, there. And he was a very good Sunday school teacher. I remember that well. I enjoyed him. Okay, we're going to get to uh, Cece. And what's your question? I want to ask you a question um, in terms of um, infants being baptized. And I know the, and what you think about it. Because I, um, I know I heard, you know, the Lutheran Church, they, they baptize infants, and I know other congregations do that. And I just wanted to ask your intake on on infants being baptized and in, in terms of that. And what, you, what about the Lutheran Church to, as well? Oh, that's a good question. Well, let me kind of lay out to you um, the churches that teach infant baptism. <clears throat> you may want to make a note of this. Um, the Roman Catholics, they do it. The Presbyterians, uh, the Lutherans, uh, Episcopalians, the Anglicans, and the Methodists. So all of those uh, those that are lumped together there, they all believe in infant baptism. Now, let me say this from a biblical perspective, that uh, infant baptism is a man-made invention. It has nothing to do with Old Testament uh, nor New Testament. Uh, and the Old Testament was a type of baptism with circumcision. And even though they sprinkle over tables sometime in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, uh, it's important for us to understand that uh, there are two scriptures that debunks that argument. And that's uh, Matthew 28 and Acts 2. Now, make a note of that. Uh, I always say that when I'm teaching my students, and they know that when I generally say make a note of that, it's a serious thing you need to do. 
uh, especially in the classroom setting, because that's something that I'll probably more likely grade you on. <laughs> but so anyway, um, this is just some apologetic uh, information to give to you around this infant baptism and how to debunk it is that um, Matthew 28 and Acts 2 uh, was a command, especially Matthew 28, Jesus gave a command to go into all the world and, and it was a command to baptize disciples, those who believe. Now, an infant has not came to that place of belief. Baptism is for those who repent of their sins and believe, believe, repent, and then they get baptized. You can't do that with an infant. You know, uh, an infant is covered under the grace of God. That's why uh, it, uh, Jesus had said, uh, Matthew 18 and many other places, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is already the kingdom of God. They're, they're already under the grace of God, whether they uh, die or some have some mental disabilities, they're under the grace of God. So uh, infant baptism is not a teaching of the New Testament. It is an invention of men. Uh, and uh, uh, infant baptism is not in Scripture anywhere. Uh, it's not in the New Testament. And this is another critical point to take note of that uh, the Greek word for baptize is baptizo, and it means to immerse, submerge. It means to take under. Now, you do that with a baby, you will kill it. So the Bible, when it talks about baptism, it means to take under. It doesn't mean to sprinkle. Even the word itself contradicts this whole teaching of sprinkling infants and uh, uh, infants cannot have faith. Infants, baptism is not uh, 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 something that we should be endorsing and teaching. Uh, infant baptism destroys the nature of the church. It, infant baptism is not consistent with the soteriology. The, the word soteriology, S-O-T-E-R-I-O-L-O-G-Y, that's another, that's a Greek word for salvation. Uh, so uh, it's, it contradicts the teaching of salvation. Now, the, one other scripture I want to give you with this now that's very important. Uh, the Apostle Paul uh, gives us a scripture in uh, Romans chapter 7 and verse 9. Romans 7 and verse 9. He says there, for I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived or sprang up and I died. Now that's a very important scripture to take note of. Why is it? Because he says, for I was alive, uh, for I was alive without the law once. Now when was that? Was it when he was a, a, a Pharisee? No, because the law, uh, you know, condemned him. And then was it when he was a Christian? No, uh, because uh, people were delivered from the law. 
and in Christ. So when was he alive once apart from the law? When was it? It was when he was a child. And he says, when the commandment came, sin sprang up and I died. So when did the commandment came? Well, it came when he came of age. And then when you look at the history of of, uh, people in the Old Testament, the young boys, uh, the young men, they would go to war around uh, 20 years of age. And then you have Jesus going to the temple at 12, you know, Bar Mitzvah around that time, right, for the Jewish boys. So uh, it's important for us to understand that uh, infant baptism has nothing, no bearing on the New Testament whatsoever. It contradicts everything that I brought out. Of course, I gave you a lot of extra meat on this to chew on because uh, we don't deal with bones on this program. We deal with spiritual sirloin steak. Amen. So anyway, hopefully that uh, gives you a lot of things to chew on and uh, use and and uh, use it in an apologetic way. Are you there, Cece? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And um, I was just reading Romans 7 before the program started. I, I was praying earlier and asking God to lead me to a certain chapter, and he led me there. And now you just went, you just told me that passage right there, and this all ties in. So I appreciate all the information you gave me. Amen. Amen. Now, that's a good thing. Amen. So uh, do you have any uh, prayer requests on your heart uh, that we can pray for you around and family and and others? Yeah, if you could just you could just um, pray for my family, you know, my mom, Rosalinda, and my family, and you can you guys just pray for me, you know, however, however you live. And then the last prayer, I just want to lift up um, Joe Biden, that God would give him, you know, wisdom on how to guide this country and protect him and that he would also protect those because a lot of people were threatening if Joe and Joe Biden got in office, they were going to start killing killing up black people. And that's, to me, that's, that's just ridiculous. So I just want to ask God to step in on that. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to lift that uh, situation in prayer because we need uh, the peace of God in our hearts at this time. And we need to remember that God is in control no matter what happens uh, with this election situation and that, uh, excuse me, we need to pray for one another because that's what God wants us to do and stand up for justice in any way we can. So we're going to have Brother Gary to lead us in prayer on this. All right, Lord, we just thank you for uh, Brother Cece. We pray for his family, Rosalinda. We pray for him and, and that you continue to use him, Lord God, continue to keep him in good health, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, over our nation that we would find peace now after this election. We pray for our leaders that you would raise up righteous men and women, Lord God, to lead by following your lead, Lord God. We pray for our president. We pray that you, Lord God, would give him supernatural wisdom. We pray, Lord God, that you give him a, a surrendered heart toward the things of God. We pray, Lord God, that you would continue to keep him safe. And we pray, Lord God, that um, you would turn the hearts of people back to you, Lord God, that no matter who's in the Oval Office, we look to the throne of grace because you're there and that you're in control and that you will always be in control. Your, your, Your word says, thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So, Lord God, we cry out to you that your will will be done, especially in our country, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And Cece, thank you so much for <laughs> always your uh, great questions and uh, also your feedback as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate all you guys out there. Thank you. All right. God bless. Have a blessed uh, uh, weekend. All right. We have one more caller. Let's get to Craig before we go off here. All right. Yeah. Hi. Professor hi. How are you Buckner. doing? Hi. How are you? Good. I, uh, good. I, I appreciate your teachings and your gentlemanness. And uh, that last guy, Cece, seems like a really good guy. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I, I didn't call about this, but he mentioned uh, Biden. Biden and Harris. It's too bad that they're for killing children in the womb all the way up to nine months, you know. So I think maybe that's getting a little forgotten in all this, too. But I, I called about a different thing. I'm Catholic, and I have this theory about purgatory. You know, we, we believe in strongly in purgatory, and I think the early church fathers also talked about it, too. At least, you know, Aquinas St. Thomas Aquinas and Augustine even earlier, and maybe even Tertullian. I don't know. You probably know that. But I, my, my theory is that purgatory isn't explicitly talked about by Jesus, and it's my contention, my guess, that it's because if, if it was explicit, then people would be even crazier than they are. They'd, figure, they'd do all kinds of stuff and just figure, you know, I'm going to go to purgatory because I— I eventually will make it in heaven. That's in our Catholic theology. Now you're not Catholic. You probably don't even buy into. Well, well let me let me say this. We can, let me say this to you real quick, Greg, and I'll have you to call in again maybe next week so we can elaborate more on it because we only got about a minute. But let me just say this quickly. So, number one, thank you so much for your feedback as well around that abortion thing. I agree with you on that. And your question regarding purgatory. Uh, that's not a biblical doctrine. That's something that was invented by the Catholic Church, and it was—it's not in the Scriptures. It's in the Second Maccabeans. That's a, a non-canonical, pseudepigraphal uh, uh, material uh, that is not in the canon of Scripture. And, but also, it's an attack upon the sufficiency of Christ, purgatory. When Christ said to Telestai, "Is finished at the cross." He finished the work at the cross, and there's no such thing as an intermediate state where you carry on a mass meeting and then the church uh, can pray for you to be purged out of that. You either go in the presence of God when you die, uh, or you go to what is known as Hades before the doors open up for Gehenna, which is hell. But anyway, our time is almost out. Uh, Call again. Uh, We appreciate your call. Uh, unfortunately, our time is out, and we're going to turn it over to Brother Gary Bell and knock home run. Amen. All right. Well, <clears throat> we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It is important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, or an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553. Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again 
give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.